is A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U-S-A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. Weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. 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 The weekly meeting of the IAAMWHN is officially underway. The International Association of Alpha Males with Huge Nads. As we come to you each and every week, taking on the enemies of pleasure, taking on the enemies of masculinity, taking on the enemies of speech, and we are locked and loaded today. A very special program as we have two special guests that have joined us from the Western New York Theater of Operations here in the Cigar City. And how nice of them to bring down from the Western New York Theater of Operations from Buffalo, gloomy gray skies, cooler temperatures, cooler temperatures I can handle. It's actually not that bad in the low 70s today, but this grayness is like upstate New York in October. What is with that? Long ass greetings and salutations, a long ass snappy salute, semper delictatio, always pleasure, long live the alpha, make America great again, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, and screw Adam Schiff. As always, it is your five-star global general and alpha male-in-chief. Today we come to you from the Ford Theater of Operations, Command Center Alpha at the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa, and it is my pleasure to welcome Direct from the Pooch Pit and the Western New York Theater of Operations, Colonel Ange, Captain Paul. Gentlemen, thanks so much for this great, gloomy weather we've had since you got here three days ago. You know, General, the toughest part was getting it into the carry-on. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, it worked. Let me, let me ask you, Colonel Ange, when you were bringing in your five smokers, how did it work getting it into the carry-on bins at Southwest? Did they have a problem with it? Uh, no, they didn't. In fact, we had to put one in the cockpit, but they didn't care. That was loaded with wings. They were good to go. Back in the old days, all the air, uh, aircraft crews that would come to Buffalo, this is a true story, back before the 9-11 days, uh, the Airways Hotel which was located right between the east and west terminal. They had fabulous wings. All the air crews loved staying there, very family-oriented uh, hotel. And, yep. in fact, on Thanksgiving, Christmas, they would have a big spread for all the crews. They would deliver chicken wings in a giant box right at the end of the jetway. As soon as the plane would <laughs> that is a true story. Captain, Captain Eric and Captain Cy Captain will confirm Cy that. Captain still talks about it. Absolutely. Yeah, Captain Cy just talked about that with us about two or three weeks ago. And the entire front of the plane would smell like <laughs> buffalo wings. It was absolutely delightful. Well, it is great. You're going to be down here for a week. Yes, sir. Get out of the little little R&R uh, &R time from the Western New York Theater of Operations. And actually, the last time I saw both of you was, I'm trying to think, 15 months ago because I was not back up this summer. So it was at the Alpha Pleasure Fest on the river back in August 2018. General, when Cigar Mom comes into the cleaners, she just 
you know, you could see she's going through Cigar Dave withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do talk to her every day, so at FaceTime. We do know that. So absolutely, I know what's going on, and that is exactly right. She's got to go to Wegmans. That, has, never, that has to wait. That has to go to Colvin Cleaners, <laughs> and then a couple other little errands, all within the Western. You know, a, 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 I think uh, within the same zip code, if I'm not mistaken. Colonel Lance, do you remember when we were down at? Uh, Joe Stone Crab. We're driving back from Joe Stone Crab. We we just finished the show and it's it's like a quarter to eleven, and we're driving with the general. Right. And all of a sudden he says, "Oh, geez, I gotta call my parents." <laughs> no, after the show, I'd always call. Yeah. Now wait a Every minute. Day. Was, was this the time, Colonel uh, Captain Paul, when you went to the wrong Joe's? You oh went to gosh. Joe's <laughs> Crab Shack instead of Joe's Stone Crab. We're staying oh at my the gosh. wait, wait. We're staying at the Ritz Carlton Hotel. Although the night before you were staying at. What were you oh saying? The El San Juan <laughs> yeah. in Miami Beach? The El San Juan. Because I told you to make reservations. They were sold out oh. on, on the Thursday night. You end up at this flea bag motel. Oh, my gosh. It was hysterical. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part. When we checked in, he handed the keys, and I said, where's mine? He goes, oh, you're not together? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have those key cards. They had the old keys at the desk with the big, you know, tr- uh, triangular-shaped uh, uh, plastic thing on the end. So we stay at the Ritz-Carlton. Uh, they treated us great. They're GM, big fans of the show. Well, you had some, you had some complaints about it, uh, something about underground or something that they had. No, brought. no, that was the, no, 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 that was not the Ritz-Carlton. Oh, that was the, the Eden Rock. The Eden Rock. Eden Rock yes, was, oh, you talked we about. We could get into the Ritz-Carlton you know, the following your year. Your Grandpa Abe and, oh, That's my right. God, he'd be embarrassed. The Ritz-Carlton treated us great in Miami Beach. The Eden Rock had changed hands. We couldn't get into the Ritz-Carlton. We stayed at the Eden Rock. They they took what was a magnificent property, and they South Beachized it, made it very hip, whatever, and they had underground parking that they were redoing or something. We had to wait forever to get our cars. It was a disaster. Eden Rock used to be creme de la creme. Along with the Fontainebleau, it was... 10 all the way on a 10-star on a basis. Now it's maybe a 3, 4 at best. Not a great property like it used to be. But the Ritz-Carlton is fantastic. They took great care of us. So I tell both of you, <laughs> it's easy. You go smack dab down Ocean Boulevard. You can't miss it. And then you make it. It's, it's 1.5 miles. Easy. Down the street, make a right. Well, it's all of a sudden like 1030 they were right behind me. You know, we get there at 10, 10, 45, 11. I finally, I'm like, where the hell are these guys? And Captain Paul calls and says, now, the GPS shows that we're, we're supposedly, like, I think we're at the wrong place because we're, we're about 25 miles from Miami Beach. I said, what did you put in the GPS? Joe's Crab Shack in, like, Dania Beach, which is in Broward County instead of Joe's Stone Crab a mile away. Yeah, good crabs there, though, at that one. We Not really. <laughs> Not really. Not like the real Joe's. So, in any event, some uh, great stories on that. But great to have you both down as uh, you're here for the week. And next week, what we're going to do while we have both of you down here, especially Colonel Ange from the Pooch Pit, Thanksgiving, a week, uh, let's see, will be just under two weeks from now. But for next Saturday's show, we are going to record a special program. It is Thanksgiving, Turkey Maneuvers 101. Everything you need to know about making your turkey, whether you grill it, whether you roast it, whether you fry it, which we're going to do next week, or I saw a recipe to spatchcock a turkey. You can do it in your oven. 
Here's, here's a feature I've discovered in my ovens within the last uh, six months. Hmm. Never knew I had it. Those are those knobs with the door that no, lowers? No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, no. There is a convection roast feature. Yeah, great. And, I, and my Aunt Trudy, we, I was up in, in Chicago, and she actually made a uh, rack of uh, rib. Or what is it? Uh, prime rib. Prime rib. Yeah, prime rib. And she called you to ask a couple of things. Right. And she's got this convection roast feature. And I didn't realize how quickly that works. I'm like, I've seen that on my oven. I've never used it. I would make fish under the broiler or bake things. I use convection roast for everything. It cooks everything quickly, evenly, keeps everything juicy. I saw this recipe a couple of nights ago. I'm flicking channels, and I see somebody, I don't know what channel it was on, talking about spatchcock turkey. An hour and a half, 450, in your oven. And they made a very cool rack for it. They took celery sticks, long celery sticks, made a crosshatch, and you put the turkey right on the celery sticks. And then they had some other vegetables around, an hour and a half, and you are good to go. You basically split, I think, the breastbone and... Uh, no, what you do is you uh, actually take the backbone out. The backbone out. Right. Right. You take scissors, uh, uh, shears, you cut through, you cut the backbone. Right. Then there's a small bone that runs underneath that at the breast. You want to go and pull that bone out. And then the, the other thing is you flip it, okay? right? And, and, but you got to give it a good crack, like a chiropractor. Boom. Boom. Right. Right. And once that's down, it's done. It's flat. In fact, I don't know if you remember, but that's actually when we did a show in Ybor City with Tony the Tongs. Yes, a long a time ago. That's how Tony the Tongs did it. He so did it with spatchcocks. So okay. we could get it done in time for the show. It cooked in, it, we started at the, at the, the uh, when the gun went off, and we had it before the show was over. Why does it cook faster? Because it's flat? Yes. What you're doing is, what it's doing is it's giving all the meat a chance to cook at the same time. And especially, geez, with the convection, I mean, you know what that does. That circulates the heat. Right. That cooks like a dream. Yeah, I think I said 450 an hour and a half. I couldn't believe it. Yep, that's Because normally a turkey, like a, 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 let's say a 15, 18-pound turkey would be in the oven, what, four or five hours? At least. At what, what temperature normally? Well, I wouldn't do it at 450. The reason you're doing 450 now is because the bird is flat. If you did it right. at 450, you would, you would burn the top of that. Those okay. the wings would be gone. Right. So in a conventional oven, it's 350. 350, would, For you a use, whole bird. would you use regular bake or would you use convection roast? Well, I'm telling you, if you've got convention or convection, convection. I'd use that every time. That, it, it circulates the air. It's not just the heat coming up from the bottom and being reflected. Right. The heat is now circulating all around all It is fantastic. Yes. I, I used to broil fish. Mm-hmm. I just now, everything is convection roast, and whether it's perch, whether it's shrimp, whether it's salmon, uh, Patagonian toothfish, also known as Chilean sea bass. <laughs> yes. It is incredible. It t- very quickly and keeps it nice and juicy and thoroughly cooks it instead of, you know, midway. And then what happens is you have to overcook it to get the middle part of a thick piece of fish cooked. Yep. It is fabulous. The only thing you have to keep an eye on is conve- convection ovens are going to cook your food faster than a standard oven. Right. So you have to adjust your recipe. You know what? And if you can't find the recipe, all you need is an instant read thermometer. And you just test it. But it's going to cook quicker, and you, you've seen that, an hour and a half. Turkey should be, what, 160? Uh, yeah, I get mine out about, actually. The, I, what do you do, the breast or the thigh? I do both. Okay. But I want to get the, uh, I want to get the thigh at around 160, 160. And what? then, because it raises, again, the temperature is going to come up. Right. Probably five, six degrees. In fact, when I do just the wings, I take them out at 159, because the wings are a smaller piece of meat. 
those things get hotter faster. But a full bird, get around 161, 162 tops, tops. Then get it out, give it the tent, and let it sit for about 20 to 30 minutes. And then slice it. Now, what is uh, Mrs. Pooch Rita, what's her preference on temperature? Because I know she is really uh, known as a five-star gourmet. Yeah, she, she, she likes her temperature to be 98.6. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it ends. By the way, Colonel Anjay, belated happy Veterans Day to you. Thank you. Thank you very and much. And I love the picture of you in the Navy. And you were in charge of... Delicacy maneuvers. I At that point, the picture was me coming out of boot camp. That was the closest I ever got to an admiral in the entire six years that I served in both active and uh, reserves. I actually shook the admiral's hand. I had won an award in boot camp. But after that, yes, I went to commissary school and learned how to take the 50-gallon steam-jacketed kettles and make 50 gallons of spaghetti sauce. And when you know what the picture you saw, his hair was a foot shorter. <laughs> Prior to going and, in. By the way, I'm yeah. glad you met the admiral, not the rear admiral. Be very careful around the rear admiral. Uh, yeah, admirals. we were always watching. Very, rear very careful. <laughs> All right, a lot going on that we will get to, but there is massive activity. I'm not just talking about the absolute nonsense with shiffy shiftgate going on in D.C., but there's something very urgent affecting cigars. Warning. Warning. We've reached DEFCON 1. Civil rights have been breached. Congressional insurgency has begun. Stand by as your general enacts countermeasures. Well, the enemies of pleasure are at it once again in our nation's capital. While the taxocrats have nothing better to do except go after President Trump for absolute nonsensical, farcical BS impeachment nonsense, uh, it seems they've got plenty of time not to deal with the rising premiums thanks to Obamacare, not infrastructure issues going on in the United States, but they have loads of time to go after those of us that enjoy cigars. A House subcommittee passed a bill this week, the Reversing the Youth Tobacco Epidemic Act of 2019, that would ban the online sales of tobacco products, including cigars, flavored tobacco, and increase the tobacco purchasing age to 21. But wait, there is more. First up, the bill would ban online sales of cigars and e-cigarettes. Two years after the bill is passed, non-face-to-face sales of tobacco, vaping products, cigars, would be illegal. All orders placed over the phone through a catalog would be illegal. Now, it's already illegal to sell cigarettes in a non-face-to-face manner, no problem. But the people that buy premium cigars are adults. There's age verification procedures that have been enacted for 10-plus years, easy to track. You need an adult signature, not an issue. But yet, cigars are being lumped in with vaping products and with cigarettes. It would ban flavored tobacco products. Any tobacco flavoring would be banned. So, for example, on the mass market side, Swisher Sweets, uh, Have a Tampa, Have a Tampa Jewels, those would be illegal. In fact, if you like acid cigars from Drew Estate, great cigars, Lars Tettens from Alec Bradley, those would be illegal. Increased user fees. Would you gentlemen, Captain Paul, Colonel Ange, would you like to guess how much the FDA Center for Tobacco Products how much their budget is funded annually for this giant bureaucracy to be able to control tobacco, including 
uh, cigars that was only started about five years ago. Want to take a guess what their annual budget is? Take a guess. Having a clue, General. Oh, uh, yep. let me think. Five million. I'm going to give you. If it's our government, it's got to be twenty million. Well, our government's seven hundred and twelve yeah. million. <laughs> okay, three quarters. Twelve million. Three quarters of a billion dollars of bureaucratic bull shiatsu. It is ridiculous. But here's the kicker. They want to increase user fees on tobacco products, including cigars that already are subject to a user fee, to add another $100 million to the FDA Center for Tobacco Products budget. Three-quarters of a billion dollars is not enough. They want to now take it almost to a billion dollars. Graphic warning labels for cigarettes, you know that would increase to cigars. No ifs, no ands, or buts. But here's the kicker. As Ron Popeil would say, but wait, there is more. This bill, the Reversing the Youth Tobacco Epidemic Act, known as H.R. 2339, it should be known as H.R.B.S. 2339, was introduced by Energy and Commerce Chairman Frank Pallone, taxocrat, New Jersey, and Representative Hag Donna Shalala, taxocrat from Florida, which also represents Little Havana and most of the areas in Miami, where the cigar manufacturers are located, the cigar distributors are located. She has basically screwed her very own constituents. Would Nancy Pelosi introduce a bill into the House that would screw the winemakers and vineyards in Napa? The answer is hell to the no. But Donna Shalala, who represents Miami, the other cigar city beside Tampa, no problem saying, I'm going to introduce this bill knowing it would harm the cigar industry. And there's a little caveat to Donna Shalala I'll get to. Now, speaking up for the premium cigar industry, Representative Kathy Fidel Castor, also a taxocrat here in Tampa, proposed an exemption affirming that premium cigar manufacturers do not market to children. Now, Kathy Fidel Castor originally voted for the Tobacco Control Act, which had a provision to allow the FDA to oversee and deem cigars subject to regulation of the FDA. She initially voted for the S-CHIP Act, which increased the tax on cigars 50% up to a maximum of, uh, I think, 50 cents per cigar. But now, all of a sudden, a few years ago, she had the light when she toured the J.C. Newman factory and realized the number of people they employ. Nonetheless, because of her vote on S-CHIP, that killed the Have a Tampa factory, which employed over 600 people. Factory gone. She gave a cockamamie excuse saying, well, they were going to leave to Puerto Rico anyway. Wrong, they were not. But never let truth get in the way of what these lying bastard politicians have to say. Castor said the FDA's own science underscored our legislative intent. FDA and FDA-funded reports found that traditional, handcrafted premium cigars are not marketed to or used by children in any significant way. Pallone immediately opposed the exemption, but said he'd be open to consider her concern when the issue goes to full committee if she withdrew her amendment. He said, and I quote, I oppose the gentlewoman's amendment, but I would be open if she would withdraw it and not vote on it at this time to consider her concern when we go to full committee. I think we can come up with something to address the concerns that you have. Castor then withdrew the amendment. She's got a week now to convince Pallone that premium cigars should be exempted. Now, it should be noted 
that hag Donna Shalala. She's what, 188 years old, just <laughs> ran for Congress? It's amazing. She was the uh, president of the University of Miami, or Chancellor University of Miami. Did a crappy job there. And, of course, when she's done, she needs something to do. So why not run for Congress when you're 188? Should be noted that Shalala, who helped draft the bill, said she's also in favor of exemption for the premium cigar industry. So here's my question, Haggy Shalala. Why then, when you were drafting the bill with Pallone, didn't you say, time out, Pallone, baby? Cigars, cigar manufacturing is a very important industry in my district. They don't market to kids. I've met with the Padrones. I have met with El Credito. I've met with Ernesto Perez Carrillo. I have met with the manufacturers. I've got to remove that. Cigars aren't the problem here. Cigarettes and vaping are the problem. No, she didn't. So please spare me the indignation that she says, I'm in favor of exemption. Well, if you were, why didn't you tell Pallone at that very time before he introduced that bill and you co-sponsored it, why you didn't tell him we've got to nix any cigar mention in that bill? She didn't. And now, if there is no amendment to that bill, it goes to the full House, and you know damn well the House will pass it. The question is, if it goes to the Senate... Is that going to be passed? Now, I've spoken to cigar manufacturers. I've spoken to lobbyists in the cigar industry. And they've all stated that they were making progress and that the committee under subcommittee and the full committee understands the importance of cigars, that it is not geared towards kids, it's not marketed towards kids, that online sales are age verified. But we'll see. The problem is you are rolling the dice. Any time a bill is passed in the subcommittee and goes to a full committee and then goes to the House, there's no guarantee it's going to be killed in the Senate. We have no idea. Many Republicans have voted in favor of increased tobacco legislation. So the question is, why did Donna Shalala screw her very own constituents? Why didn't she kill that uh, mention in the bill the first place? I'll tell you why because she's a typical taxocrat. They don't care about their constituents. They care about taxation. They care about legislation. They care about deciding how you should live your life because they all think they're smarter than we are. The truth is, the lowest form of life on the planet are Democrats and Democrat congressmen. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the General, each month, delivered straight to your door. When you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club for just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, our October 2019 Officers Club selection featured three fantastic cigars. The A.J. Fernandez Last Call Habano. The A.J. Fernandez Enclave Broadleaf that I enjoyed last week. But I have been dying to enjoy the A.J. Fernandez San Latano Requiem Habana. It is blended with a bright and snappy filler medley of Nicaraguan, Dominican, Honduran tobaccos. San Latano Requiem Habano seals the deal with a rare Brazilian Habano wrapper that is available to only two manufacturers in the world, and A.J. Fernandez is one of them. Great cigars. We've gotten great reviews. And the San Latano Requiem Habano that was in the Officers Club selection is the big Mac Daddy, the Magnum. They call it the Gran Toro. This is a humongous cigar. In fact, I've got it in my hand right now. Six inches in length with a 60 ring gauge. Suggested retail, $10. Beautiful looking stick. In fact, Marky Mark, look, I've already, thank you, Marky Mark. We appreciate it. Marky Mark, one of the managers here at Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa, thought I did not have my litation device or my cutter. Marky Mark, a good general, is always prepared. We are ready, but I appreciate the assistance anyway. But this San Latano Requiem, about beautiful-looking cigar, almost looks like a Maduro, but it is not. But these Brazilian Habano, fantastic. I love Brazilian tobacco, whether it's Matafina or Arapiraca, absolutely magnificent. And I have got this in my hand. That will be my selection today, the San Latano Requiem Habana. Uh, what size did I say this was? The, they call it the Grand Toro, even though it is a magnum size. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Well, for a 60-size ring gauge, you need a mega cutter. I've got that. I could probably cut about an 80 ring gauge in this. That's what I would use today. Ma maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. All right, this is a brand-new litation device that just came to us from the Cigar Dave R&D Labs. It is called the Cigar Dave Light a Massive Fire under Adam Shiffy Schiff. You put one of these underneath him, you fire it up, and it's like a rocket. It'll propel him out of the universe, outside the stratosphere, out of the planet, one-way ticket, preferably to nowhere, somewhere in space. That's what I would use today. This thing, massive. I mean, this is like a Saturn V rocket. 
Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Here comes the cut. Perfect cut by a beautiful cutting device. I will now toast the foot of this cigar, taking my time. Captain Paul, do me a favor. I realize that I do not have a libation. Will you be kind enough to, where's uh, Marky Marker, uh, Tommy D? We will need to go get, actually, just go ask for a glass of cab. Just a small, just put a little little wine in the, and just tell her we need it for the show. Absolutely, just General. Their, whatever their house cab is. And there is a reason why I'm selecting wine today. Very, very important. As I toast the foot of this cigar, let me puff and rotate. Mm, great draw. Mm. I'll tell you, one thing about a Grand Toro Magnum, love the size, love the ability to really create complex blends. Takes time. Tommy D. Actually, glad you're here. I've got a story that's important about wine. Can you make a recommendation just for a little glass for us to try? You pick it. What? All wines are good? Well, pick one for us. Tommy D, pick one. Pick one. Pick a cap. Okay, whatever it is, just bring it over. Tommy D, who is the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirits Procurement at the Corona Cigar Stores and the Davidoff Store and Lounge here. All wines are good. I know that, but pick one. All right, let me continue to enjoy this cigar as I puff. Mm. Excellent. Nice draw. I'll tell you, this does have a very snappy taste to it. A little bit of spice. Smoothness. Very nice. A cab is going to go absolutely spectacularly with this. No ifs, no ands, no buts. So my cigar is ready, and now I need the proper accoutrement in the throat, down the throat, to soothe the throat. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Now, we have, what? what is your name? Hi, I'm Jesse. Jesse, fantastic. Hi. By the way, Jesse, when I see those rubber gloves, it gets me a little worried, I've got to tell I you. Know, it's I know, I know. It, it kind of like when you go into the doctor's office and he says, go I'm ahead scared. and cough. Are you yes. scared? <laughs> uh, Jesse, what have you poured for us today? I poured you a quilt cabernet. What is it? It's called Quilt Cabernet. It's by Camus. Oh, I love. we love Camus. Yes. Camus is fantastic. Now, there's a reason that I said we needed to have a glass of wine. Why is that? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it's just like being on The uh, Tonight Show. I did not know that. Why is that? <laughs> wine is a fantastic disinfectant, not only for bad mouth germs, but a new study has revealed that wine, new study in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry, researchers discovered that the acidity and alcohol concentration in wine isn't what's responsible for the antibacterial properties as was previously believed in wine, but they have found that they've isolated the compounds, lactic, malic, succinic, tartaric acids. They found that they kill 99.9% .9 of dental bacteria and germs that cause Sore throats. Interesting. The moral of the story, have a glass of wine every day. It's good for the heart. <laughs> it's good for the throat. So I will say cheers to all. <laughs> cheers, General. 
All right, let me take a sip here. Hang on. Oh, this is fabulous. Good. This is outstanding. Nice job, Jesse. Nice selection. Absolutely. Cheers. We appreciate it. And gloves, again, next time you come, please. Worries us when we see those. Okay. If there if there was a, a, a little tube of uh, KY, we'd really be worried. Oh. Bend down. Just, just one little cough. This won't hurt a bit. Yeah. Okay, by the way, I used to tell my father doctors, yeah, I go, Dad, let me ask you a question. What doctor says, you know, when I grow up, I want to be having men bend down and stick my finger up men's tuchuses. He says, look, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But nonetheless, I mean, by the way, I always said if I became a doctor, I'd become an OBGYN. A lot of openings in that field. But I said, my practice, wait a minute, my practice would be restricted to Playboy Playmates and penthouse pets only. That would be it. No dogs. I mean, can you imagine like a Donna Shalala? Or a Hillary Clinton or any of the other hag Democrats coming in. All right, I'm going to start making noise in my ear. Say, la, la, say la, la, wait la. a minute. I'm here. I'm here for my <laughs> annual gyno exam. The answer would be, you're at the wrong doctor. <laughs> no chance me looking anywhere near there. The vet is down the hall. Absolutely. So this wine study, very interesting, that it shows that exposure to wine had a persistent antibacterial effect, and that it says red wine is better at killing bacteria than white wine, but not much. Another study from 1998 tested the effects of red wine on salmonella, compared it to a disinfecting solution containing the same alcohol concentration and acidity level, found that red wine is better at killing the bacteria than the disinfecting solution. So if you feel a little tickle in your throat, first thing you do before you pop an Advil or a little Vicks Daycare or NyQuil, pour yourself a glass of red wine, and that begins the process. I always thought maybe a little bourbon, a little hot toddy, but wine is actually a very good way, and this is fantastic. Well, My you know, General, every, every night I'm down in the man cave with a glass of red wine. I, I was just telling Colonel Lynch, and, and a cigar. Can't go wrong. I, haven't, I can't tell you how many years it's been since I've had a cold. The other thing, wash your hands. Tell that all the time. And by the way, is it true, Captain Paul, that you actually wash your hands at Colvin Cleaners in Salvan K5 or Green Earth, Green Earth detergent. Is that true when you go to the lavatory? It looked a little different. It didn't look like a dial bottle in there. General, we have disinfectant all over the cleaners. That's the way you got to do it. By the way, uh, Captain Paul, I want to mention you have your Coats for Kids drive that just took place, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Our first one uh, was last Saturday, and it was off the charts. Over 5,000 coats were distributed to families throughout western New York. Uh, we have another one coming up the 23rd of this month at uh, True Bethel uh, Baptist Church over on uh, West Delavan. And then our third one is going to be at the Bella Center on uh, Michigan Street down in the lower west side. So you organize this. People donate their coats. You, you donate the time and, and resources to clean them all. And then you take them out and 5,000 coats already. Absolutely. How many will you do total? You know, last year we did over 18,500 coats. General. That's a lot of dry cleaning. Yeah. That's a lot of cleaning, Captain Paul. A lot of cleaning, a lot of washing, a lot of organizing, and uh, we're 100% behind it. And that's, that's a good reason why you've got more Green Earth machines that have been installed <laughs> at Colvin Cleaners, the official cleaner of the Cigar Dave Show and Cigar Mother. Thank you, General. <laughs> By the way, Captain Paul, can you send one of those Green Earth machines down to my house, the Pleasure Palace? By the way, you also clean the Buffalo Bills uniforms. Absolutely. Yeah, we're the official uh, dry cleaning and uh, tailors of the Buffalo Bills. 
Ah, I see. So basically, you alter, you do alter the journeys because I noticed that some of the linemen like their sleeves like bunched up. Each, you actually do that custom. Yeah, each and every one of them has their own specifications. Uh, you know, specifically running backs with regards to uh, their their sleeves. They don't want any players to be able to get their fingers in their sleeves to pull them down. It's amazing. It's amazing. I hear Josh Allen likes his sleeves extra loose so he has more zip on the ball so he can pass it 30 yards past a receiver when it's, uh, you know, anything more than 30 yards downfield. He can overthrow him. I'm not allowed to give that information <laughs> out. <laughs> well, by the looks of the fact that he hasn't completed a, a uh, pass over 30 yards this season, that would be my educated guess, but who knows? All right, when we come back, we will get into a, an item in which speech under attack again. Everywhere you look around, no matter what you say, somebody can be offended. Don Sherry, a well-known broadcaster for about 40 years, Hockey Night in Canada. Hey, we'll talk about what he had to say and the fallout from that as we continue with alpha male pleasure maneuvers from the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge, Cigar City, with Colonel Ange, Captain Paul, from the Western New York Theater of Operations. Again, they brought the gray and gloomy skies to the Cigar City. Not good. That's not what we want here in Tampa. We like sunny skies. By the way, I know I may have offended some of you when I said I like sunny skies because some of you may like gloomy overcast days. And so for those of you that I may have offended, too damn bad. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> that could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Day. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. The Cigar Dave Officers Club prides itself on featuring great new cigars. And as the man, the general, the alpha-in-chief that oversees the Officers Club, I am always on the hunt for great new cigars. One of those cigars that was launched at the Cigar Retailers Convention last summer that was just released a few weeks ago, the Rocky Patel No. 6. A beautiful, medium, round, complex Sweet cigar, loads of sweet notes, very pleasant, a beautiful Honduran Corojo Hamastron wrapper with Honduran Jalapa and Nicaraguan fillers. The reason that they call the blend Rocky Patel number six, it was the sixth blend out of about 22 that Rocky and the rest of the crew at Rocky Patel said, that's it, that's what we want. It's a beautiful cigar. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club today. Great holiday gift, and you'll get great cigars like the Rocky Patel Number no. 6. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month, you become a member. 
For your comfort and convenience, the general has turned on the No Pleasure Police sign. You may now feel free to enjoy the good life. Well, the enemies of pleasure love to interfere in our lives. And the enemies of free speech, the enemies of opinion, the enemies of thought are all around us. It has gotten beyond worse. College campuses today, if you tell someone good morning and they don't like mornings, then all of a sudden, just two more glasses if we could, please, Jesse. No, no, just, just regular glasses. Yeah, just two more wine glasses. We're going to put that in. Perfect. Uh, everywhere you go, college campuses, it seems today that everybody gets offended easily. You say good morning and somebody's not a morning person, well, I'm offended. I need a safe space. It is pathetic. We have raised a generation, multiple generations, of absolutely beta, wussified kids that are afraid of their own shadow. They're not tough. They're weak. Their parents didn't do them any favors. You know, I always go back when people said, uh, you know, uh, we need a safe space here on college campus. I'm reminded the greatest generation in World War II, the safe space that the boys that were 17, 18, 19, safe space they had, they were storming the beaches of Normandy with shrapnel and bullets and mortars firing at them, waist high in, in, in just terrible water, trying to storm the beaches. They didn't have safe spaces, but today on college campuses, Somebody says something that they find offensive, they need a safe space. And it's spilled out now into commentary, into broadcasting. And the latest example is hockey commentator Don Cherry, longtime NHL coach, been on Hockey Night in Canada, a Canadian institution, eh? Been on Hockey Night in Canada. He's got a segment called Coach's Corner. Now, in Canada, for Remembrance Day, we call our day Veterans Day. We have Memorial Day the end of May. But in Canada, in England, in New Zealand, Australia, they celebrate or they commemorate Remembrance Day. And to do that, they, rem- they wear a remembrance poppy. It is an artificial flower sold by veterans associations to raise money for servicemen. And this goes back to World War I when Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, M.D. of the Canadian Army, wrote a well-known poem called In Flanders Field. In Flanders Fields the poppies blow between the crosses row on row that mark our place and in the sky the lark's still bravely singing fly, scarce heard, amid the guns below. We are the dead, short days ago. We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow. Loved and were loved and now we lie in Flanders Field. Take up our quarrel with the foe To you from falling hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high if ye break faith with us who die. We shall not sleep though poppies grow in Flanders Field. Very well-known poem. And even in the United States on Veterans Day, there are groups that sell poppies. I was at a... uh, in St. Petersburg about two weeks ago outside a market picking up some things, and there were several veterans that were selling poppies. Proceeds benefiting the VFW, the Veterans of Foreign War Veterans Assistance Program. So they had the poppy, and I saw people, they were buying them, they were putting a dollar, two dollars into the uh, into the can, and I said, great, uh, let me take four of them. How, how much? He said, suggested donations. So I pulled out of my pocket. All I had was a $50 bill. I said, here you go, $50 going to a good cause. I'll take four. He goes, take as many as you want. <laughs> I said, no, just need four. And I brought them with me today. We have them here, and I'm inserting the poppy right now. You're supposed to wear it, I believe, close to the right-hand side, but I'm going. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the left near your heart. can't remember. In any event, 
I'm going to stick it in. I've got a sports shirt on. I'm going to stick it in one of the buttonholes here, and I'm going to wear that, even though Veterans Day has passed. Now, Don Cherry, well-known in Canada, institution, coach's corner segment of Hockey Night in Canada between the Toronto Maple Leafs eh, and the Philadelphia Flyers. 85-year-old former player, former coach, is very open, very, he's like Howard Cosell. He tells it like it is. Half the people love him, half hate him, but they all watch him and they all want to hear what he has to say. And Remembrance Day, a day when Canadians, Brits, Australians, New Zealanders pin their support of military veterans, some of the Veterans Day by wearing the poppy. And as you go around various places in Canada, even Britain, you're seeing fewer and fewer people wearing poppies. Now, I know that Captain Paul Colonel Ange on the Buffalo Sabres broadcast, which I watched, they were all wearing poppies two weeks leading up to Remembrance Day. Very nice touch. The Sabres also sell a uh, commemorative uh, jersey that you can buy, and uh, Giovanni has one. It's a Sabres jersey, but it's in camo. Oh, right. And that, yes. I, I believe that yeah. proceeds go to some veterans organizations yes, or a portion of the proceeds. So Don Cherry was perturbed, and he's noticed a trend. And I've seen a trend. Not all immigrants. Captain Paul, you've got a plethora of immigrants that work at Colvin Cleaners. You make a big deal when they become citizens. They're proud to become American. Absolutely, General. And those are the majority. But there is a minority of newly minted American citizens that don't share the same appreciation, the same love for this country, I think that our grandparents and great-grandparents did. When my grandparents came here, they wanted to assimilate. They wanted to learn the language. They wanted to become American. My grandfather, Cigar Abe, would wave that flag and have that right in front of South Park wallpaper and paint, proud to be American. And my mother's parents, my grandparents who came from Egypt, they were proud to be American. They all spoke English. They all celebrated Thanksgiving and Veterans Day and Memorial, commemorated Memorial Day. We're seeing a difference today. We're seeing some people that could care less. They think that the United States and Americans should adapt to them. When you come to the United States, we welcome everyone, but you become an American. Follow our values, our traditions. If you don't like our traditions and values, then don't come. Simple, don't become an American citizen. Go back to where you came from. I know that sounds controversial, but if you don't want to wave the red, white, and blue, and like Ilhan Omar, who happens to think that the United States is a colonialist power, that we're evil, that we're responsible for all the problems in the world, I'm sorry. Get the hell out. Go back. Now, I know I'm running out of Sergeant Steve's looking at me saying we're not going to have time to get this. I know this. But in the next segment, I'm going to play exactly what Don Cherry had to say. And then he was on Fox News with Tucker Carlson. He was fired over his comments. But I want to play them. But when you today in this country can't give your opinion, whether people agree with it or not, if you disagree with it, fine, object to it, be vociferous, write an op-ed, go on YouTube today, go on social media and say, I disagree with it. The problem is today, if you disagree with somebody, then you have to have them fired, you have to ruin their lives, cancel culture, which we're seeing is absolute blatant nonsense. The fact is that there are immigrants that come to this country, the majority proud to be American. And I know several that, that are big listeners of the show. They're like, General, we love America. We love this country. We love what it stands for. We're proud Americans. That's great. But if you come to this country and want to bash us, yeah, we have freedom of speech. But we open our arms to many of these refugees. Ilhan Omar was a refugee eating sand in Kenya. 
We open our arms and let her come in. Put them on welfare while they come over here. Put them through school. When they don't speak English, we have to teach them English. We do all that. And then to get slapped in the face by a clown like Ilhan Omar, who is an enemy of America, I've got a big problem with that. You can say all you want, but if you don't come to this country and want to become American and American values, then get out. Now, we'll talk about what Don Cherry had to say around the corner, and I don't care if you like it or not, period. This is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General General Cigar Day. As I thoroughly enjoy my San Latano Requiem Habano, one of our Officers Club selections from October 2019. Absolutely fabulous. We have moved the Ford Theater of Operations Command Center Alpha to the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City. We have Captain Paul Colonel Lange from the Western New York Theater of Operations. I am fired up. Last segment, you heard it. I'm going to talk about Don Cherry momentarily. Colonel Lange, Captain Paul, as you could tell, I am fired up. And Captain Paul, you brought up a very important point, that your tailors, many of whom are immigrants, when they see the American, big American flag outside Colvin Cleaners, there is maybe a little rip, maybe it's in tatters. What do they do? They trim it, uh, make it look like new again. We do that maybe one or two times, and then we put a brand new flag up. That shows that they love this country and respect the red, white, and blue. They're proud to be Americans, General. Damn right. We welcome you back, hour number two. As always, be sure to uh, check out CigarDave.com. All the archives are there, as well as the Cigar Dave mobile app. If you want to follow me on social media or the show on social media, upper right-hand corner, we've got Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show, and I get quite opinionated on Twitter. And if you don't like my opinions, too damn bad. I give you my opinion. Some may like, some may disagree. And, you know, whenever I disagree with somebody, even if it's on Twitter, I'm always respectful. I don't say you're a moron, you're an idiot. I say respectfully, I disagree with your opinion, and here's why. You can disagree with people. The problem today is in this cancel culture. If somebody says something they don't like, they immediately want to take away your job, take away your life, take away your family, take away any semblance of your life. Cancel culture. We're seeing it now. The president of the University of Florida Student Association up in Gainesville invited Don Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle to speak. Now, it is customary that when you invite people to speak, they're paid. Apparently, it would have been a $50,000 speech. At the University of Buffalo, they have Hillary and Bill Clinton. I remember there was a big deal because they were going to get like $75,000, and then they agreed to cut it to $30,000. I personally think that anybody that would pay thirty or 50000 I don't care if Moses or Jesus was speaking today, I wouldn't pay him that, period. It's ridiculous. Now, I understand if you want to pay their expenses, but nonetheless, what the president did, and he also reached out to Bernie Sanders, who refused to come. So now all of a sudden, and by the way, the place was sold out, or was going to be sold out. Now members 
that disagree of the student body, students at University of Florida that disagree now want the president of the Student Association impeached, coming up with all sorts of cockamamie issues, saying that he's using money for political purposes, he's using money for this, for that. When I was a student at Syracuse, and I use this story all the time, Jesse Jackson came to speak at Hendricks Chapel. You needed a ticket. It was free. I don't know whether they paid him or not. Don't know. But there's a number of people on my floor, probably about a half dozen of us, probably three white kids, three black kids. We all went together. Our whole floor, we walked together. We got tickets. We were all respectful. He spoke for about 45 minutes. There were people that applauded. Nobody booed. I disagreed with a lot of the things that he said. Nobody booed. Nobody heckled him. People were respectful. Now, that was in probably 1987. 88, something around that. In fact, I remember because I was in, there was a picture in the Daily Orange, and I was caught in the picture. So there was, you couldn't miss it. I was right there. So if anybody wants to look at it, whether or not I was there, you can research the archives of the <laughs> Daily Orange. I think it was 87 or 88. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. I was there from 82 to 86. So it was probably 83 or 84 that, that uh, there was there. And I was wearing glasses at the time, so you can't miss it. We were respectful. When we were done, people applauded politely. We all applauded. And we went to Marshall Street, and we went to go, I think, have some beers and get some pizza at the Varsity. All six of us, we talked about the speech. Some agreed, some disagreed. We got into some debate. We were all very polite. We all left together. We all had a great time. We had a civil conversation. That was the end of it. Nobody was disrespectful. Today, whether it is a Republican, it's it's not so much if a Democrat goes to speak. You don't see Republicans and conservative students protesting it and boycotting it. But when, the, when a Republican or a conservative comes to speak, we are seeing on college campuses massive protests. We're seeing destruction. We're seeing these, these uh, pansy-ass little snowflake betas jump up and down and protest and heckle and disrupt and basically commit criminal acts while somebody's trying to speak. If you don't like it, listen to them, question and answer, go ahead and debate them, disagree with them. We don't have that anymore today. It is pathetic because we have raised and parents have raised a generation of children, of kids that are told from the time they're young that they're perfect, they're great, they can do no wrong, that everything they say is wonderful, and if they don't get their way, they jump up and down like a little three-year-old having a hissy fit, and that's exactly what we're seeing on college campuses. So I'm not afraid to be opinionated. Now on Twitter, some people agree, disagree. I just looked at my email. I've got some people have already disagreed with me, saying, I disagree with you, General. Uh, immigrants that are coming, they, they can do what they want. Yes, they can. They can free speech. But my feeling is when you go into someone's home, when you invite someone into your home, Captain Paul, you're going to have 27 people for Thanksgiving. Absolutely, General. Somebody goes into your home, and I've been to your home when we're grilling. Now, somebody comes in, and you've made turkey and steaks and the fixes. You don't come in and say, well... This was nice, but you didn't make uh, pecan pie, or you didn't serve uh, apple pie for dessert, or your stuffing, I make it a different way and I don't like it. No, you go in and say thank you for the hospitality, you bring a gift and say it's very nice of you to invite me. No, nobody would disrespect our home, nobody would disrespect Cindy's cooking. It's just common courtesy, General. Now, Captain Paul, I did give you a few tips on how to get a good Pittsburgh-style char on the stick. <laughs> I will say that. It, wasn't, it was just a little thing to say, let's, let's do a little char. And now that you've got grill grates, thanks to Colonel Ange, Absolutely. I mean, you're good to go. Now you know how to do it. Love them. Exactly. 
You come to somebody's home. This is the United, this is our home. We welcome immigrants. I don't welcome illegal immigrants. My mother's a legal immigrant. My grandparents were legal immigrants. You come here illegally. As far as I'm concerned, when I see somebody with a Honduran or Mexican flag crossing the border illegally, screw you, get the hell out. You don't belong here. You want to come to America, learn the language, pick up American values, respect American uh, customs, history. When I see Ilhan Omar saying that we're colonialists and we're responsible for this and that, and then this week she has the chutzpah to come out and say the uh, now uh, deposed president of Bolivia, who was an absolute socialist, who blatantly uh, uh, violated term limits to say, I'm staying in power, and then there was a coup to get him out, they're saying, well, this is an illegal coup, and, 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 and Bernie Sanders says the same thing, and we should be supporting him. Really? If Donald Trump stayed in one millisecond past his term, they'd be throwing him out the door and arresting him. The fact is, today, we see not everyone. It is a minority of immigrants. It is not a majority. But they're a minority that think we should bend to their customs and their will. When I see signs in various areas, even when you'd go to Little Italy or you'd go to other Chinatown, you'd see signs in Chinese and English. But you go to many communities today, there is no English. Go to Quebec, that's what you see. It's all French. Great. There's not even English, even though Canada is a bilingual country. I don't want to see America become bilingual. Go to Quebec and see what a disaster that is. So Don Cherry, who is a noted broadcaster, hockey commentator, his Coach's Corner segment on CBC, Hockey Night in Canada, amongst the most watched of any show in Canada. People want to hear what he has to say. And with Remembrance Day last Monday, he made the comment, made some comments about people not wearing the poppies. Here's what he had to say. Downtown Toronto, forget it, downtown Toronto, nobody wears the poppy. And I'm not going to wait. He says, wait a minute. How about running it for the people that buy them? Now, you go to the small cities, and you know, you, you know those, the rows on rows, you people love, you, you they come here, whatever it is, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey, at least you could pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. These guys pay for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the, uh, the biggest price. Anyhow, I'm going to run it again for you great people and good Canadians that bought a poppy. I'm still going to run it. Anyhow, love you for it. He's right. He made a statement. He made a comment. You disagree with him? Fine. Go on social media. Go put up a YouTube, uh, a YouTube video and say, I disagree with it. He made a statement. And he said, for those that, that like it, and his mistake, he said was, well, you, you people. Well, if he would have said, for those of you immigrants that come to this country that don't want to accept our way of life, because those of you that have come to Canada or even the United States, immigrants today in 2019 that weren't alive during World War II, guess what? The reason you come to this country and the reason we're free is because of those fallen and brave soldiers that gave their lives, not just for the generation during the 1940s in World War II, but for the generations in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 2000, and 200 years from now. They gave their lives. So when you come, you should learn American history. And don't get me started on what schools are doing now. You can't even, in fact, many schools don't even want to talk about World War II because it would be degrading to Germans. The German Nazis were our enemies. At the time, the Japanese imperialists were our enemies. They were in war. They attacked us. We didn't attack them. They attacked, Japan attacked us, 
And when we saw what was going on with Germany, they were just running through Europe rampant. And they wanted to make their way to the U.K. And from the U.K., don't think for a second they wouldn't have started coming to the United States. So when I see people today coming into the country, learn American history, respect our values, respect our history. Most do. Most do. But there are a minority that don't. Now, Don Cherry's comments elicited, elicited massive amounts of controversy. You know, General, we could never do enough to show enough appreciation for our veterans. Agree. Period. Agree. Very simple. We do. That's, listen, I don't think any other show, TV or radio, in this country provides the support and recognition to veterans that we do, to our fallen brave that we do, the way we commemorate Memorial Day. Nobody, not any radio show, not any TV show, does what we do to honor them. Our Veterans Day shows, Memorial Day shows, year-round Armed Forces Day, nobody, and I'm proud of that. We're the only show in the entire United States that I know of that has commemorated D-Day on its significant anniversaries, remembers it every year, but on the significant anniversaries, we've done full-length shows on the history of D-Day with sound bites and, and having World War II veterans in our midst. Now, the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, claimed it was flooded with complaints from viewers and immigration activists who claimed that Cherry's comments were racist and anti-immigrant. No, they weren't. They were not anti-immigrant. To a certain few immigrants that don't want to accept the values of Canada or the United States, I'm sure they were offended. Too bad. He spoke the truth. And what I love about Don Cherry, he's got nads of titanium, steel, concrete, Boron, you name it. He stood by his comments. Here's what he had to say on Fox News with Tucker Carlson. You're basically saying we have a, you know, a day where we honor the men who yeah. died fighting well, for Canada and people who moved to Canada because it's a great country, and it is, I think, should acknowledge that and, and join in our tradition because it's worth remembering these guys who died. Is that what you were saying? I was saying, and evidently, uh, you know, I did a great thing, I, I thought, on uh, Mass Dami, and he, he, he had his book about diabetes. I did for two young lads that died, 15 and 17. That was, that, that was never mentioned. I did a great thing, I thought, for 1,500 troops that were at a hockey game at Brampton, and they were all forgotten. The one thing that got me, uh, and they, it was you people. And I suppose if I had it to do over again, I would have said everybody, but uh, you people are the people that they listen to. The silent majority, as you know, are always silent. The police are with me. The, the um, forces are with me. Everybody's with me, and the firefighters, the whole deal. But it doesn't make any sense. And I was brought in, and I was told that I was fired after 38 years. And, you know, I stand by what I said, and I still mean it. Broadcast executives are the giant biggest pussycats, and I'm cleaning that up, on the planet. Instead of somebody from the CBC saying, look, we disagree what Don Cherry had to say. We think he could have used different terminology, different phraseology. We understood what he said. But I'll tell you what, we're happy to have a representative from one of these immigration immigrant groups come on and debate Don Cherry. Have a conversation. Do that. But instead, nope, we're going to get rid of it. Now, I believe that Rogers Sportsnet wanted to get rid of him anyway because they paid $5 billion for the rights to Hockey Night in Canada, and they're losing their Canadian asses, eh, over that rights deal. 
They've gotten rid of a lot of high-priced talent. Don Cherry was probably the highest-priced talent there. They got rid of him. That was an easy move for them to make. Gutless. Don Cherry told the Toronto Sun, and I quote, I know what I said and I meant it. Everybody in Canada should wear a poppy to honor our fallen soldiers. To keep my job, I cannot be turned into a tamed robot. I don't regret a thing. If you notice, I never said immigrants. I never said anything. I said you people, and they could have been Scottish, they could have been Irish, they could have been anything. But that's the way the world is today. They listened to those people. And he also mentioned to CTV News that the whole matter could have been smoothed over, but the network didn't give him a chance to do what he wanted. This reminds me of Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell, there was no broadcaster or any individual at the time that was more, I think, not only proactive on behalf of the black athlete, but in the black athlete's corner than Howard Cosell. None. None. Okay? None. None. He was called all sorts of derogatory names because he stood up for black athletes. He stood up for Muhammad Ali. You name it. He felt that the, uh, the segregation, that the discrimination was unacceptable. You talk to any black athlete. Howard, I remember Muhammad Ali came out. He came out and supported right. Howard Cosell. And, and what did Howard Cosell do after a long career on Monday Night Football? Art Monk, a black wide receiver, played at Syracuse. Great receiver. Remember Art Monk. Caught a long pass and was very elusive. And he said, what a play. Look at that monkey go. Now, he would call, he called his grandkids monkeys. His grandkids were white. Right. He said, I never meant anything by it. Instead of somebody saying, ABC saying, well, what was the intent? And he said, I called my grandkids that. Instead of him coming out and saying, look, if I offended anybody, I apologize. I didn't use that as a racial slur. I called my grandkids that. I should have used something else, but it was because he was elusive. He was getting away, period. And if you look at my record, meaning Howard Cosell, over the last 35 years, nobody has said, and I remember what the exact, I won't repeat the statement he said, but he said, where were you when they were calling me an N-word bashing Jew? Okay? I remember it. And black athletes at the time said, Howard Cosell's not racist. It's ridiculous. But Rune Arledge and every other executive, broadcast executive, proved again that they have no nads. They are weak. They are spineless. I would have respected if Rune Arledge came out and said, what Howard Cosell said, we, we disagree with. We don't think it was right. But we're, here's Howard. We're going to let him apologize and talk. And frankly, I think Art Monk came out and said, I've known Howard Cosell. I don't believe he meant anything bad. Could have used something else, but I don't believe he meant anything bad. What did they do? They destroyed his career. Now, people liked Howard Cosell. They hated Howard Cosell, but they always watched Howard Cosell because he was a man that provided commentary. He was insightful. He was opinionated. He was compelling. The reason that people listen, I believe, to this show. I'm not milquetoast. Some people like what I have to say. Some people disagree. Fine. And by the way, if any of you disagree what I have to say, send me an email, CigarDavidCigarDave.com. Put your phone number in there. We'll call you and we'll get you on next week. I'm happy to debate you because a true alpha is not afraid to debate. We'll engage in a civil, polite debate. Now, the good news is Don Cherry has already been offered a new job. But the Canadian Legion, this is what I also find gutless. The Canadian Legion has distanced itself from Don Cherry saying... Mr. Cherry's personal opinion was hurtful, divisive, and in no way 
uh, condoned by the Legion. His comments ran contrary to our own articles of faith, which are based on respect for people from all backgrounds. We do remain appreciative of his passionate support for veterans. Sure, keep supporting our veterans, but we're going to scurry and rake you over the coals for uh, uh, one comment. He goes on to say, we know many new Canadians understand and welcome the tradition of the red poppy. For our part, we will continue to do our best to educate all citizens about the significance of this powerful symbol and the meaning of remembrance. So where does Don Cherry go from here? Now, I personally said, and I told this to Sergeant Steve, if I were Don Cherry, well, between every period of of, uh, any of the games on Hockey Night in Canada, I would do a subscription-based thing with a mobile app, charge everybody $9.95 a month. I'm telling you, the guy will get a couple of hundred thousand followers and say, I can say whatever I want, eh? And let me tell you, that damn son of a bitch who passed the puck, what was he thinking, eh? And by the way, for those of you immigrants that don't appreciate a Canada, get the f*** out of here. Oh, you better, better mark that down, Steve. <laughs> I got a little carried away. Get the F out of here. That's what he ought to do. I hope he does, and I will subscribe, even though I'm American, because I find him interesting and entertaining to listen to. But the good news is he has been offered a new job in the KHL, the Russian League Dynamo Moscow. They've extended an offer to Donald Cherry to do commentary. Of course, he's not going to take it because he hates those Russian bastards. But there is no way, but I did find it amusing. Sergeant Steve, you did uh, beep out my little... My little uh, F-bomb. Okay, good man, sergeants. Listen, sometimes I get carried away. The good news is Sergeant Steve's got that special dump button. It gives us a 20 set right underneath. In fact, he didn't tell me he had it in there because he knows I get carried away sometimes. But he's got this little button underneath, and he hits it with that 20-second delay. We don't need a 7 with me. We need 20 seconds. But I find it just absolutely ludicrous that a man who gives an opinion didn't slam everybody, but isn't even at least allowed to explain it because we live in this cancel culture and people are scared. My feeling is this. If somebody wants to express their opinion, fine. I can disagree with it. I can vehemently disagree with it. I can find it repulsive and offensive. But we have freedom of speech in this country. Same thing in Canada. Debate me. I'm happy to debate people anytime, anywhere. What I find most of the time Those people that are the most vociferous, when you invite them on to debate, they pass. Or when they start, they end up saying, I can't even even rationalize with you. I can't talk to you. I'm, I'm done. I'm leaving. Why? Because they know they can't argue. In fact, they they the only way they can finish the argument is to walk away. When you debate in fact, and you have the facts on your side, not in fantasies, you will win every single time. So I invite any of you that disagree. You disagree with me? You don't like what I had to say with Don Cherry? Cigar Dave at CigarDave.com. I'll get you on next week. Give you all the time you want. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app. For Apple, Android, and Kindle devices, you can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. General has just illuminated the no pleasure police sign. Enemies of pleasure may now return to their miserable lives. I am looking for the no Democrats sign. Wait a minute, it's in the cockpit somewhere here. I gotta find it. Oh, there it is. Bing! I've just illuminated the no pain in the ass Democrat sign. So Democrats are not allowed, especially the ones that want to tax the hell out of cigars and destroy the cigar industry. I can tell you a cigar that will not be destroyed. It is the Rocky Patel Number no. 6, the November 2019 Officers Club Selection. A fabulous cigar. I remember I was down at Rocky Patel headquarters a while, well, probably last year at this time, and Cousin Nimish Desai brings up a box of cigars. We're all in the conference room, and he's like, here, try this. And it says number one on the band. All right, tried that. The number. We went through about ten of them, and I... Rocky says, what would you think? What would you like? And I said, number six by far. Stood out. Nice blend, but it needs a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He's like, I agree. Well, the Rocky Patel number six was launched back at the Cigar Retailers Convention the end of June, early July. It is a fabulous cigar with some sweetness. Very unique cigar. A Corojo wrapper grown in Honduras, uh, grown on Rocky's farms. Unique honey notes. Layers of vanilla. As Rocky would say, it's got notes of vanilla, coffee, <laughs> earth, bread. You're going to love it. It's fabulous. It's smooth. It uses a beautiful Honduran Corojo, Corojo wrapper from Hamistan, some Honduran Jalapa, uh, the filler. It's medium. It's round, complex, some sweetness. Nobody works harder than me, Rocky Patel, to make you a great cigar. <laughs> and by the way, I do that impression in front of Rocky and in front of Cousin Nish and Imish, and everybody has a great time because we're all good buddies. We're like brothers. So, But it's a great cigar. In fact, Rocky said, which cigar do you want to do? And I said, I'll tell you what I want to do, the number six, because that's the one that I took part in the testing. That's the one I want. So that is the November 2019 Officers Club selection. It's going out, I think, late next week. So you will have it by Thanksgiving. Fabulous cigar. If you're not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month. Gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. One of the only shows, my favorite show on network TV, probably the only show on network TV I still watch, is The Blacklist. And it features James Spader, the star as Raymond Reddington, a, the number one 
wanted criminal on the FBI's most wanted list who ends up turning himself in and they start this special secret FBI unit and he gives them a list of all these criminals that otherwise they would not have been able to capture. So the FBI makes a deal with the devil and he is a bon vivant. Travels, loves great wine, great food, great literature, great cigars. There was a scene in last week's Black... Sergeant Steve, you love the Blacklist too, correct? One of... That has got to be the only show on network TV you watch. I think it's the only one I watch. That's it. I mean, there's nothing else worth a damn. But it's such a, a compelling show. And Spader, I don't, when he was in Boston Legal, Denny Crane, fabulous show. He is a great actor. No ifs, ands, or buts. So on the episode entitled Dr. Lewis Powell, there is a scene where he's in the back of his sedan, chauffeured by Dembe, his right-hand man, and his uh, guardian, his protector, security man, his body man. And they've got a gal who is in the right, uh, on the right side of the, uh, pa- on the passenger seat. And he's basically quizzing her because he's seeing whether he can trust her or not. But there's a scene where he's got a cigar. He was in Cuba the week before, and he lights a cigar and gives it to her. Here's what he had to say. Raymond Reddington in the blacklist on Cuban cigars last week. Picked these up in Havana last week. From Castro's personal humidor. Communism may be discredited, but it still produces a damn fine cigar. No, it does not, Raymond Reddington. It produces a mediocre cigar, an overpriced cigar. Of course, everybody wants to think that they're big shots. Oh, I smoke Cubans. I get them from a friend of a friend of a friend of Castro. Sure you do. Cubans do make the best cigars. The Cubans that are now in Nicaragua, Honduras, the Dominican Republic, here in the United States. That is a fallacy that Cubans make the greatest cigars. No, they do not. In fact, if Cuba ever does open up and becomes a free country, guarantee Habanos will bring in all the experts from Honduras, Nicaragua, and the Dominican Republic to help them with their blending and their tobacco. And by the way, here's a little secret. Many of you may not know. When Cuban tobacco had a, I think it was a blue mold issue going back 10-plus years ago. They needed wrapper tobacco. The tobacco that was on Cuban cigars wasn't Cuban at the time. It was from Nicaragua, and that is fact. So don't believe it. We all know, those of us that are connoisseurs, and you know by listening to this show, Cuban cigars, highly overrated. Do they make some great cigars? Sure. Are they overpriced? Yes. Are they consistent? No. Don't buy a box of cigars. And if you do buy a, a, a cigar, too, you better plan on putting it in your humidor for a year to properly age it. What they call an edition limitada in Cuba, meaning a limited edition, has a wrapper that's been aged for more than a year or two. In the United in, in Nicaragua, Honduras, the Dominican, in the U.S., they wouldn't even look at a wrapper that's aged less than at least two years, if not longer. So, a fallacy. But still, a great show. By the way, Colonel Lange, Captain Paul, joining us from the Western New York Theater of Operations. New York State, earlier this week... Minimum age now to purchase tobacco products, including cigars, throughout the crumbling empire state of New York has gone from 18 to 21, joining the Tobacco 21 movement. The increase came as Governor Andrew Cuomo, what a prize he is. What is he on, his 48th term? Family-wise, I think it's around 72nd term. Yeah, 72nd with uh, Mario Mario, Cuomo. He was another piece of work. Total total taxocrats that are clueless. Uh, wanted to improve the health of New Yorkers by way of reducing tobacco usage. So one of the five prongs, one of the prongs in his five-prong approach 
is to increase the age in which you can now legally purchase cigars. Nonetheless, you can still be 18 to put your life on the line. And these are the same clowns, these taxocrats, these Dems and Libs, that say we need to lower the voting age from 18 to 16 because kids are mature enough at that age to make a decision to vote. Yet, they're not smart enough at 18 to make a decision whether or not they want to purchase a cigar and enjoy a cigar. Please, the hypocrisy runs rampant. Colonel Ange, Captain Paul, have you ever been to Peter Luger's Steakhouse in New York, in Brooklyn? I have not. No. Very famous steakhouse, been around for years and years and years, 178 Broadway in the Williamsburg section of Brooklyn. Now, you go in, they don't take credit cards. It was only cash or check, now they take debit cards. And for many years, they didn't even take reservations. And you only buy, they, they, they only used a, they used a, brile, a broiled dry-aged steak, and they use, I believe, the bone-in sirloin. That's it. Can't get a prime, if you want ribeye, nope. If you want New York, nope. It's the one, and here's a picture of it. And they do it in butter, they do it under the broiler, the super hot broiler, and then they slice it, keep it within the bone. Very famous. Place is packed all the time. You can order the steak for one, two, three, or four. I think if you have four people, the steak for four is something like $268, not including sides. (laughs) Well, for the first time ever, the New York Times, their restaurant critic Pete Wells, the end of October, did a review and for the first time gave it zero stars. Wow. Zero stars. He says, I can count on Peter Luger's Steakhouse in Brooklyn to produce certain sensations at every meal. There's the insistent smell of broiled, dry-aged steak that hits me the minute I open the door and sometimes sooner. There's the hiss of butter and melted tallow as they slide down the hot platter past the sliced porterhouse or rib steak. Oh, I guess they do. And their charred bones to make a pool at one end. And it says that the servers basically are rude. He feels that whenever he orders a steak from them, they've been scammed, that it is overrated. That, you know, you see people paying with $20 bills, counting 20, 30, 40 of them out. And he says that basically diners who walk in the door eager to hand over literally piles, literal piles of money aren't greeted, they're processed. A host with a clipboard looks for the name or writes it down, quotes a waiting time. There's almost always a wait with or without a reservation, almost always a long line of supplicants against the wall. The smile never comes from the hostess. Basically, they say they go out of their way to make things inconvenient. Last rating was by Frank Bruni in 2007, got two stars. They say that the servers are charmingly brusque. They give the impression that these endless demands for food and drink are all that's standing between them and a hard-earned nap. And he goes on and on. He says the Caesar salad is drippy, the croutons straight out of a bag, the cheese isn't, isn't white, it's rubbery goes on and on. Long story short, it gave it zero stars. Now, think about this. A porterhouse for four, I've got the correct price. $220.80. And they do it under the broiler. Now, it is an institution. It was there ages ago, long time ago. As far as I'm concerned, Colonel Ange, you turned me on to the grill grates. And I bought them for my Viking. I get them nice and hot. And the grill grates get the temperature up about another 130 degrees because of the physical properties But the cool thing about the grill grates 
is that the steak stays risen above, and there's these wells below it. So the fat, the juices come down. They're, they're, they're sizzling. They, they get back in the steak. It keeps it juicy. You don't get the char buildup. And you gave me a great tip. You said, put the grill on high. And I do not cover the grill when I cook. I keep it open. I found it dries out the steak because it's so hot. Now, for a ribeye that's about two inches, I'll cook it for about three minutes on one side. Then I'll turn it 45 degrees to get the nice grill marks. Another three minutes, flip it, three, three. Then I may take a look. I may keep it another minute or so. Then on the grill grates that have been reversed to, revert, to, to show a flat top, I will give it that Pittsburgh-style char another minute on high, minute 15 on each side, and you've got a medium-rare, juicy, succulent steak, Pittsburgh-style char that I pay at Costco. I get great, I think, prime meat. The ribeye I paid was like uh, 13 four, maybe $14.99 a pound. Their choice is fantastic. You're looking, I think, $9.99 or $11.99 a pound. Can't beat it. Very reasonable. Fantastic. Great steaks, big, thick, nicely cut. So if I have a pound, a pound and a half steak, which is about right in the packs of four, I'm looking at maybe $13, let's say $15, $16 total. I get a far better steak than Morton's, than Del Frisco's, and I love Del Frisco's, than the Palm. Roos Chris I'm not a fan of. And you name the steakhouse. I will get a better, a Mastro's in the West Coast I love, but I get a better steak at a much better price, and I can have a cigar, I can have a meal. What I'll do is I'll go and buy the sides from Capitol Grill or from Del Frisco's. Good way to do it. All right? Yeah. But I will not make the steak because the steak is absolutely fantastic when it's done that way. And now that I do that on the, on the grill grates, I don't want to go to Steakhouse because I'm always disappointed. You're overcharged. You get a mediocre steak. And I look and I say, I can do this better at home. So why bother going? Zero stars. I don't remember a steakhouse ever getting a zero-star rating. That is absolutely huge. And I know at the Pooch Pit, it is always a five-star affair. Well, General, I appreciate it, but I had the, uh, a very similar experience, and that's how I started doing it on the grill grates the way that uh, we just talked about. I went to a uh, very famous uh, steak place in Buffalo, New York, and uh, had the steak. Had to send it back, came back, I walked on it, didn't even eat it. And I said, you know what, this is much easier to was do. Was it downtown? Uh, you know, I don't want to talk. Buffalo Chop House, mediocre. Yeah. Mediocre. Yep. I'm telling you right now, yep. I was very disappointed in my meal there. I'll tell you, it was a good place over in the Embassy Suite, Sear. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good friend yep. of mine, yep. Architect Saul here in Tampa, had some business in Buffalo, and they were staying at the Embassy Suites. And I said, there's a new place there. And I told him to go to Chef's, told him to get Ted's for a nice a grilled hot dog. Told him He went to Anchor Bar, got some wings. He said the steak he had at Sear was the best he's ever had. That Period. is the best steakhouse General, right now in I'll, Buffalo. I'll, I'll tell you another place in Buffalo where you'll get an absolute. Russell's. Off the, well, oh, Russell's. Love Russell's. Absolutely, without a doubt. Russ Salvatore. In, in, in fact, he brings him in from Chicago now. He's absolutely off the charts. Another place that I found right around the corner from my house. An Italian restaurant, Sinatra's. In fact, is that on, where's that Hurdle? No, no, oh. right, right on Kenmore, Kenmore. Avenue. They, they oh, just, Kenmore Avenue. That's right. A, That's right. My mother's a yeah, yeah, right. brand new place. Right. Cigar mother's been. Yeah, you know, yeah. Off the charts brand Italian new. food. Yeah. Off the charts Italian food. Well, one night I was in the mood for a for a steak, and they have a strip steak on their menu. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try a steak tonight. I tried this steak. It was off the charts, and I'm like. 
I never thought of having a strip steak at Sinatra's. It's always Italian food. Off the charts, strip steak. Really? Well, I'll yeah. tell you, if any of you are ever going to visit the Western New York Theater of Operations in Buffalo, you go to Russell's, oh. and you tell Russ Salvatore. He's there every night. Hey, Russell's, fact, what, 85? Fact, you know, we're He's there think, every night. We're yeah. thinking of flying to Lauderdale tomorrow because tomorrow at 5 o'clock, Russell is having his Miami Bills that's, party. That's right. He invited yeah, me we, last we, year. Yeah, we may be going there that's tomorrow right. night. Russell is one of the great restaurateurs, great gentleman, very philanthropic. As well, does everything first class. It's out by the airport. You ever get a chance? You go and you call them. You tell them Cigar Dave sent you. Russell, I'm telling you, Russell will take great. He does every takes care of everybody great. It's like you're walking into his uh, into his personal dining room. And he's a great house. Guy. Yep. He, he just had a situation where there was a couple that they they made reservations at at, at a place that they thought was Russell's, and it wasn't Russell's, and they had their whole wedding party there. He made accommodations for them off the charts. The people couldn't rave enough about them. To me, when you go to a restaurant, I think there's two. First of all, you look for great food, great an ambiance. But also, to me, the chains, you go to a chain, even though they have a local proprietor that is their manager, it's not the same. When you go into a place like Russell's, and I had a long conversation with Russell when I was up in Buffalo. I spent two and a half weeks, uh, what was it, last, a year ago, August. And I went with Tom Bowerly, the great uh, WBEN afternoon little talk out, presenter. Little, little outspoken. No, I love I love. He's <laughs> no, right. Like absolutely, me, listen. Absolutely. And, and, and Tom was nice, invited me along with uh, Mrs. Nerd, as he calls uh, the Mrs. We went, and he took me for a beautiful dinner. Russell's, I told him, when he comes to Cigar City, I'm treating him. We had a fabulous time, and then I spent about an hour with, with Russell Salvatore. And we just chatted about different things and talked about his background. We talked about this, talked about – they got into the, talking about banking. There's another great story I won't bring up here, but just incredible. But when you have a man like that, everybody knew Russell. He's talking to people personally, come up, shake his hands. He's like, here, buy them a drink, buy them a drink. To Russell, it's about the whole experience. And they did have something where somebody made a reservation for somebody's 65th anniversary party. They were – the people lived in Buffalo, but people were flying in from Florida and other parts. The woman that made the reservation in Florida ended up making it at Russell's, not Russell's Steakhouse, but Russell's Rib Shack or Russell's like Smoke. No, Russell's Smokehouse. Yeah. No, no, it was yeah, in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Colorado, okay? right. Now, you think this woman, woman couldn't have been too smart, to look and say, <laughs> okay, is it Buffalo? When you go online and look at it, you look where the place is and say, now, this is the Russell's in Buffalo, right? First, they would said no. Makes says you need a private room, party of 18, 16, whatever it was. They show up. And Russell's right-hand man, whose name escapes Mark. me, Mark, Mark was there. Mark's been there a long time. Oh, yeah. Yes. Met Mark, Mark Jerky is off the charts. Super guy. Got it. And he said, anytime I'm up there, General, you call me directly. You're coming. Absolute great guy. So they go in. And they say, we have a reservation, a private room. And he says, no, the host, we We're don't like have 16 any. 16 or She something. goes, I made it, whatever, and whatever. And, and she, he says, here, here's my phone. Here's the number. She said, that's not our number. We're 716, not 602 or 678, whatever it was. She calls the number. It's Russell's Smokehouse in Colorado. <laughs> now, what did, what did Mark do? And the Rus- Russell staff, they said, give us a few minutes. We know people are here. They ended up finding a private room for him. They had some people were leaving. They said, give us a few minutes. And they ended up taking care of him. And it got big press in the Buffalo News, went viral, you know, in western New York. And that, to me, that's the mark of a true alpha. You know, Mark and Russell, they said, we're going to take care of you. We got it covered. General, our mission statement is very simple. Eight words. Extreme customer service on time with a smile. Don't forget, use common sense. That's very important to put Bingo. it also. Common sense. And they said, look, well, we're, not really, 
I, I always say there's nothing common about common sense. Well, it's becoming <laughs> less common. I'll put yes, it that way. Exactly. But to me, they could have. Brussels could have said, "Look, sorry, you know, we, that's not our reservation. We're going to make make it right. We'll take care of it." And they did. They even apparently I think found them a cake, whatever it was. But their steaks there. First of all, their menu is fantastic. The steaks. It's a great date place. It's a great place to go. I love the bar. He's His, got the biggest TVs I've ever seen. Absolutely. He was the first to bring them in. His, uh, his kitchen is like a bowling alley, and it's immaculate. Every day that kitchen is scrubbed. Absolutely. All right, got to take a short time out. I got long-winded. I thought I had the whole half hour. Final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show from the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City comes your way next. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following the general, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what the general is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. The Cigar Dave Officers Club prides itself on featuring great new cigars. And as the man, the general, the alpha-in-chief that oversees the Officers Club, I am always on the hunt for great new cigars. One of those cigars that was launched at the Cigar Retailers Convention last summer that was just released a few weeks ago, the Rocky Patel Number no. 6. A beautiful, medium, round, complex, sweet cigar, loads of sweet notes, very pleasant, a beautiful Honduran Corojo Hamastron wrapper with Honduran Jalapa and Nicaraguan fillers. The reason that they call the blend Rocky Patel number six, it was the sixth blend out of about 22 that Rocky and the rest of the crew at Rocky Patel said, that's it, that's what we want. It's a beautiful cigar. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club today. Great holiday gift, and you'll get great cigars like the Rocky Patel number six. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month. You become a member. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. Now that we've been talking about Russell's Steakhouse in the uh, Western New York Theater of Operations in Buffalo, I'm in the mood for a nice, thick, juicy steak. The good news is, Colonel Ange, maybe we'll take a run to Costco. Let's you don't go. have Costco in Buffalo. No, we don't, unfortunately. Well, maybe we'll take a ride up. You're in for a. Uh, you may get into uh, meat overload when you when you see their their meat case. I know Dash's has great meat, but these guys really have incredible meat. All right, next week, Colonel Ange, we're doing a special show, Thanksgiving. Turkey Cooking Maneuvers 101. We're going to fry a turkey here at the Davidoff Store and Lounge. 
So we're going to do that. We're also going to talk about how to spatchcock, how to roast, how to grill. Any other way, smoking a turkey? Yep, absolutely. Got out of them. So next week, mark it down. You absolutely want to catch the show. Thanksgiving Turkey Cooking Maneuvers 101 for most of the show. We'll make sure you're the star of your Thanksgiving feast. Colonel Ange, Captain Paul, many thanks. You're on next week also. Absolutely. Can't wait. Maybe we'll get sun and warm weather while you're the rest of your stay here. (laughs) Who knows in Tampa? Thanks to Sergeant Steve, Tommy D from Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in Tampa for their hospitality. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw Adam Schiff. Go Bills. Squish the Miami Flippers. Squish the fish.